0: You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit hydepark.church. So if you found your place in Lamentations 3... I want to just raise uh, a topic here, raise a point right from the very beginning of something I've noticed as we've moved from 2020 into 2021. Now, originally, I was planning to start a new sermon series today, uh, and we're actually going to start that next Sunday, and we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about life and death and life hereafter. So we're going to put that off to next week. The Lord kind of changed um, my focus earlier this week. As I was preparing for the new year, just like you were, and of course, preparing at home and staying at home, had a lot of time to think and just kind of clear my mind. But one of the things I've noticed about this new year's, unlike any other new year's that I've ever experienced, is the uh, absolute disparity, or I would even say hatred, uh, towards the year 2020. Now, I understand. I got it. You know, we've had a lot of things change in 2020. But if you've been online, social media, any at all, there is this real uh anger towards last year and uh some of it kind of developed in in some funny funny pictures and some funny things that i saw online but what's interesting to me is is i've never seen this kind of uh anger towards a particular year Uh, i can go back many many years and think about all the new years that i've experienced and i can't think of a time where there was so much uh deep-seated i don't want to basically basically go as far as hatred but some disparity between us and a previous year. And I think it's because of all the change that we experienced last year. Just a few pictures that I saw online just to kind of break the ice a little bit. I thought these were hilarious. You probably saw them on Facebook and Instagram and other places. If 2020 was A, and then there's a picture that comes up and it's kind of hilarious. So the first one one you're going to see here is if 2020 was a scented candle, uh, yeah, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Some burning port if 2020 was a scented candle. The next one, if 2020 was a swing, uh, that would be kind of a painful swing to experience. And then, of course, if 2020 was a plate of nachos, you see saltine crackers there with cheese poured on it. But this last one, this last picture, is kind of where I want to launch into Lamentations because... This particular picture and this particular heading is going to kind of make us hit pause for just a moment. Look at this next picture. What if 2020 was just a trailer for 2021? Now, you know what a trailer is, right? It's the, uh, it's the trailers you watch online when a movie's getting ready to come out, it kind of gives you the preview. Of the coming movie. Well, what if 2020 was a preview for 2021? I know none of us really want to consider that, right? Because we're we're feeling this new start, this new year. Uh, January 1 offers uh, a brand new opportunity, brand new expectations, brand new considerations for the new year. And and all of us are collectively thinking that 2021 couldn't possibly be as bad as 2020, right? Well, I hate to raise this question. I really do. Because my expectation is that we're going to have a great year. But quite honestly, with all of the stuff that happened last year, with all the stuff that happened in 2020, 2020 wasn't such a bad year. There were some blessings. There were some places where God just intervened. There were, there were places where I saw God move, not only in his congregation, but in my family. Uh, I got to baptize my son. A lot of great things happened in 2020. But what if 2021 doesn't turn out the way you're expecting it to? Now, I know we have a vaccine, and I know we have, uh, you know, a change in the political spectrum coming up. And for some people, that instills fear, and for others, hope. But, But what if 2021 doesn't fulfill all the expectations you've got today? What if... What if these funny memes that we just looked at continue right on into 2021? What what are you going to do? Does does that fill your heart with anxiety? Does it make you feel really, really anxious to consider that that 2021 could be a difficult year as well? And and if it does fill you with a lot of anxiety, if if it makes you shudder, if it makes you step back and kind of withdraw, maybe we ought to dig into why that feeling is there. What if what if your city that you love, you, you you sat on a hillside and watched it be destroyed in front of your own eyes? What if your friends and your relatives were carried off into captivity under the control of another government and another country? What if the ones who were left behind, the, the weakest people of the community, what if they were just left to die in the streets, children, orphaned? What if you sat on a hillside and watched all of this? Well, that is exactly well, the author of Lamentations did. You see, I believe that Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. There are, many, there are other people who disagree. There are other people who think that, that someone else wrote it. But I believe it was Jeremiah. And I believe, I believe Jeremiah wrote this. And I believe Lamentations is placed in the Bible, in the canon of Scripture, right after Jeremiah as a kind of an end note to his ministry. You see, Jeremiah was the guy who was called by God to be a prophet to the southern kingdom during a time where God says, I'm going to judge this southern kingdom, and I'm going to judge them by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Well, Jeremiah was sent to the people, and he preached, and he proclaimed the judgment of God, and he he called for them to turn and repent, and of course they didn't. So Jeremiah is left to witness the judgment of God upon the holy city, Jerusalem, a city that Israel, the Israelites, the Jews, never thought was ever going to come under the judgment of God. As a matter of fact, if you study in the book of Isaiah, you will find that the people have become so arrogant, so prideful that they they never believed that God would actually judge them, that they somehow had a free pass because they were God's people. Because they were descendants of Abraham, that somehow they would not be judged by God and that they could live any way they chose. Lamentations is a, a book of poetry. That Jeremiah writes from a broken heart. This book, if you read it from cover to cover, um, it, it's it's a difficult book to read. It really is because the poetry and the imagery that Jeremiah uses here to to describe the pain that he's feeling as he's witnessed the city of all cities destroyed. He watched as Nebuchadnezzar burned the temple to the ground. He he watched as people were being killed in the streets. He he watched as the people were chained and carried off into captivity. Some historians, and this is an amazing fact that I found, I had never heard this before, but this is an amazing thing to consider, that some historians say that, that, that Jeremiah had a place, a high point looking overlooking the city by which he could see all of the destruction clearly. And some people believe that that, that place he was in is called Jeremiah's Grotto. It was actually on a hillside. and It was a little carved out, almost like a cave. And, Some historians have kind of determined that it could have been, that Jeremiah could have been watching the destruction of Jerusalem from none other than Golgotha. If you've ever looked at the pictures of Golgotha, where uh, many believe that that was where Jesus was crucified, it looks like a skull, which is the meaning. That's a place of the skull, and it is possible that Jeremiah was sitting on that hillside because there is a perfect view of the city. Who knows if that is exact or not, but. It's an amazing thing to consider that Jeremiah is bawling his eyes out as he watches over the city as it is destroyed and burned. But here's here's the real hard thing to consider. Jeremiah knew that this destruction of the city and the babylonian empire coming in and overtaking and carrying the people off into captivity he knew that when the battle ended when the streets were destroyed and when the temple was burned he knew that that was not going to be the end as a matter of fact that was the beginning of 70 years of captivity can you imagine that 70 years of captivity so for jeremiah it's not going to be well when a new year comes everything's going to be okay Or when the destruction of the city is over, it's going to be okay. Or when when the people get off into Babylon and they're, they're held captive there, that they're going to be able to come back maybe 12 months or two years later. No, it's going to be 70 hard, long years. So Jeremiah writes this lament. After the beloved city is destroyed and all of his friends and family are either dead, dying, or carried off into captivity. How can Jeremiah find hope?
1: I mean, if you read the whole book, you don't find a lot of hope.
0: You find a lot of despair. As a matter of fact, I want to read some of the verses in chapter 3 that kind of pictures the, the misery that Jeremiah is, is undergoing. And he writes in such a poetic uh, way that, that it gives us an incredible insight into his pain. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. He says, I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. One of the interesting things about this particular chapter and other places throughout this book is that in this chapter, Jeremiah is, is writing and speaking in a, in a poetic acrostic. In other words, each letter, successive letter of the Hebrew language, if you'll notice in your Bible, each of these verses are, are set in sets of three. Each of those three verses begin with the first letter of the alphabet of the Hebrew language. And then the next three verses, the next letter. Then the next three verses, the next letter. And he goes through the entire Hebrew alphabet describing his pain and despair. He, he uh, accord, he gives illustration to his pain here. He says that his flesh and his skin waste away the, the darkness that he is, incur- that he is incurring and, and experiencing is like death. It says his pain is like he's wasting away the burden like heavy chains wrapped around his body that he cannot escape from. It's like everything is pressing in on him, and there is no escape. Look at verse 5. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. Jeremiah feels as though he's dying. And that death is creeping in. And that all around him, all he sees is destruction. Look at the next verse, verse 7. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy, though I call and I cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with blocks of stones. He has made my paths crooked. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, think about those times where you were in despair. Maybe, maybe it was 2020 that you were in despair. I know that, that one of the reasons 2020 has such disdain in, in the hearts of so many people is so much of our routine, so much of our regular everyday lives has been interrupted. It's, it's one thing that if your vacation is interrupted. It's another thing if maybe just your job is interrupted. Or maybe, maybe something's going on at just the school with your kids. But when all aspects of your life are kind of upended, it causes a lot of anxiety not only that when you count into that the the separation and the isolation maybe you have called out to God just as Jeremiah was calling out in these change in this darkness of death Jeremiah calls out and he comes to a conclusion his conclusion is is that God has shut out his prayer he says that God has blocked his ways with blocks of stone in other words the path to God, the path to to dwell with God, to get some peace, to get some respite from the craziness of the world. Jeremiah, at this moment, as he's writing, feels as though there is a wall between him and God. You know, the circumstances of life have a way of creeping in to every aspect of our life and causing us to feel as though not only are we isolated from other people, but even from our Creator. Maybe. Maybe that's part of the disdain for 2020. Maybe that's some of the anger that is coming out of our heart towards a year, unlike anything I've ever seen, that that we are isolated and we feel alone. And not only are we feeling alone from from people, and not only are our, our daily routines uprooted, but even we feel distant from God. Listen to what else he says, verse 13. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. I have become a laughingstock of all the peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness, and he has sated me with wormwood. What Jeremiah is feeling, the pressure, the destruction, the pain, it's affecting him physically. Physically, he feels ill. He feels sick. He's suffering because of the trauma of his nation and the trauma of his people. Verse 16, this this imagery in verse 16, I, I, honestly, I, I can't get past. It's, it's incredible what, what Jeremiah says right here. Verse 16, he has made my teeth to grind on gravel. It made me cower in ashes. Jeremiah gives a description of his pain as though he's chewing on stones. That he is gritting his teeth and that the pressure and the pain is so much that he's just grinding his teeth as though he's grinding Stone and he's cowering in ashes. It sounds a lot like what Job experienced when Job uh, was under all of the stress and all of the pressure that he was sitting in a pile of ashes.
1: He says, My soul is bereft of peace
0: and I have forgotten what happiness is. That word happiness is also translated as good. Jeremiah says, that it's been so bad and so hard and so difficult he has forgotten what it's like to be happy verse 18 so i say my endurance has perished so has my hope from the lord remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me there are parts of this text that no doubt resonate with you There there are no doubt some things that that Jeremiah raises in this poetry that has resonated with your soul of what you've experienced maybe this year or maybe what you're knowing you're going to have to face in 2021. Maybe your 2021 already has given you bad news. Maybe already you're facing bad circumstances. Maybe already your heart is filled,
1: well, with despair. We're only a few days in.
0: You see... The thing with Jeremiah is, is, and and he realizes this, and I think this is where the pain is flowing from, is he realizes that, that what's happening in front of him is under the sovereignty of God. And he knows that there's going to be 70 long, hard years of captivity. You see, it's not going to get better soon. Jeremiah knows that. That's why he continues to lament, and he continues to call out to God, Because who else is he going to go to? To whom else is he going to run? You see, trying to function each day for Jeremiah was like chewing gravel. And if any of this describes you, if any of this describes kind of what you've experienced in 2020, the isolation, the shutdowns, the inconveniences, the social distancing, the normalcy of life that is no longer
1: normal, And that brings with it despair. And maybe, just maybe,
0: January 1 flipping over on the calendar and a new year flipping on the calendar is not going to solve all of that. We're going to get to hope in just a minute, but we've we've got to come to this place where we realize that the circumstances of our life, a day on the calendar, is not the place we're going to find hope. And I think Jeremiah is going to take us there and show us this because he is deep, deep, deep in lament. You see, Jeremiah needed more than a new year. Jeremiah needed more than just tacking off a new day on the calendar. Jeremiah needed more than a vacation. Jeremiah needed more than some creature comforts. So maybe it's not 2020 at all. Maybe. Maybe it's not the circumstances that we experienced in 2020. Maybe it's not the circumstances that we hope to find better in 2021 of where we're going to find our hope. Maybe it's not that at all. Maybe maybe we've misplaced our hope. Maybe it's a heart problem. Maybe there's something else going on than just our response to the circumstances of a broken world. Look at verse 21. Verse 21, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What? Did you expect that verse to come at verse 21? Every time I read it, it blows my mind. After all that Jeremiah has described, just not only in chapter 3, but if you, if you go back to chapter 1 and you go from chapter, latter part of chapter 3 all the way to the end of the book, you're going to find a lot of the same imagery that he mentions in chapter 3. But right in the middle of this book, he says, but... This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So he has a change here. He, he, in the middle of his lament, in the middle of his tears, in the middle of his brokenness, in the middle of his pain, all of a sudden Jeremiah
1: is able to find hope in a
0: hopeless situation. How are you going to find hope in a hopeless situation? What if 2021 has some things in it that you didn't see coming? I guarantee you. That 2021 has some stuff coming that you didn't see, that you could have prepared for. I had no idea that March 16th was going to happen in 2020. I had no idea. We were were church as usual, going through our usual motions, doing the things we need to do, planning outreaches, planning stuff for ministry, and then the weekend of March 16th happened. And from that point on, it's been a wild, wild ride. I could not have prepared for all that we've experienced this last year, but I have learned a lot. So how is he able to find hope? First of all, and I want you to write this down. First of all, he has a change of focus. He has a change of focus. Verse 21, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Jeremiah comes to himself in a moment here. Now he's going to continue to lament, and there's nothing wrong with lamenting. There's nothing wrong with with dealing with the brokenness of this world. There's nothing wrong with shedding tears. There's nothing wrong with, with feeling the pain and the weight of all that's gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, our hope will not be found there, and our hope will not be found in the circumstances of our life. Jeremiah has a change of focus. Rather than focus on the
1: circumstances, he is anchored by the reality.
0: Of who God is. Look at verse 22. He says, Therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Did you, did you hear what he said? It's almost like there's a moment in time in the middle of his lament where, where he's able to clearly see what is real and what is important and what matters. And I would offer to you that, that this matters. That in this moment, he takes his attention off of a city that's burnt to the ground. He takes his attention off of a temple that is no more. He takes his attention off of the people who are still left there in the streets who don't have enough food to survive. He takes his mind off of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who were carried off to Babylon, and you know what he does? He puts his attention on the steadfast love of God that never changes and his mercy that is new every morning. And this God who has been faithful year after year, generation after generation, century after century. You see, Jeremiah finds a place that anchors him, holds him down, keeps him from going off the precipice of depression, off the precipice of despair. And certainly, Jeremiah was right there. Instead of focusing on what he cannot change, he turns his attention to the one who never changes. Instead of trying to figure out some plan on how to fix this mess and how to deal with the circumstances, he, he shifts his attention to the one who never changes, the one who is sovereignly in control. He takes his mind off of himself. And he puts it on God. So the first step of finding hope in 2020, hope that transcends your circumstances, that transcends COVID-19,
1: That transcends whether we have to wear a mask. A hope that
0: transcends that is a hope that begins. We begin to see it when we change the focus of our heart and our mind. How we do that? Well, no surprises here. God's Word, reading about the faithfulness of God, His steadfast love, feasting on His Word. Letting it do its work in our heart, helping us to get our our mind off of the temporary things and
1: on the eternal things. Instead
0: of focusing on what we cannot change. You have no control over COVID-19, and that's what's driving you nuts. It drives me nuts. Maybe we need to take our attention off of those circumstances and put them on the king of this universe who knew all of this was going to go down in 2020. Who knows what's going to go down in 2021, specifically in your life. Knows what's going to happen in your life, specifically what you're going to have to face this year. It just makes sense that we would put our attention there. Second, notice what else Jeremiah does. So he he has a a change of focus. He, He turns his eyes and his heart off of his circumstances, and he puts them on the eternal God who never changes, who always loves, whose mercies never come to an end, and who is faithful. Look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Second thing, hope is a person, not a circumstance. This is huge when we talk about hope. Because when we think about hope, what are we we saying about 2021? Well, we hope that COVID goes away. Well, we hope that we can get back to normal, whatever normal is and what it will be. Maybe school's getting back to normal. We hope for all these things to happen, and there's not anything necessarily wrong with that as long as we hold those things loosely because none of those things you have any control over. But Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. That phrase is a unique phrase. It's used just a few times in the Old Testament, and every time it's used, it's talking about, it could be King David using it in a psalm. The Lord is my portion, my inheritance. In other words, not only do we belong to the Lord,
1: but the Lord belongs to us. He's our Father.
0: Now, it's at this point and it's at this moment, I have to stress, that, that for the, the hope that we're talking about here to become reality in your life, there are some things that, that you need to act upon as an individual. Because all of us being born into sin, born into uh, brokenness, we we don't have inside of us as human beings alone to muster up enough hope and encouragement to face what we're going to have to face in 2021. You you just don't have it. You don't have it in you. So, So the first step in hope, the hope that I'm talking about here, the hope that Jeremiah had, the hope that I have, And having that hope in a person, not a circumstance, it's predicated upon the the fact that you must be in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that not only gives us hope to escape the wrath of God, but it gives us hope for an eternity. It gives us hope that, that we'll never walk a single step upon this earth as his children where we'll be forgotten about, isolated, or cast aside. You see, that's what the gospel does. The good news of the gospel gives me that kind of hope and that kind of peace and that kind of promise. So if you're not in a place where you put your faith in Jesus yet, then none of of this really is going to work for you. It's never really going to take effect into your life because you've never met the true hope that is found in Christ alone through his death, burial, and resurrection. Again, hope is a person not a circumstance. Listen, if everything is stripped away, and you've had a lot of things stripped away in 2020, a lot of things, if it's all stripped away
1: and all you have left is the Lord,
0: then you have all you need. Have you gotten to that place yet? I know it's easy for me to stand here and say this to you in front of a camera, but growing in Christ-likeness means that that if everything else is gone—the bank account, the house, the cars, the job,
1: your health—if you have Jesus, you've got all
0: that you need. Lost person, you're hearing me say that, and you're thinking, well, "What does that really mean?" Well, what it really means is is that you've had your life changed from the inside out. What does that mean? It means that you've put your faith in something greater than yourself. Disciple of Christ. Those who've been changed by Jesus, given brand new life. Listen, you're never going to find that hope in your circumstances, not that kind of hope, because circumstances are constantly changing. Hope is found in a person. It could be that in 2020, if you look back, if you look back, Christian, with, with unbiased eyes, if you look back at last year, it could be, that through the taking away of routines, the taking away of everything that's occurred, could it be that there might have been some idols back there, some other gods that were in our life that were no gods at all? Could it be there were some things that were controlling your life that had nothing to do with following Jesus? Could it be that, that God used 2020 to strip some things out of your life? I know he did
1: for me. You see, hope is a person.
0: It's not a circumstance. It won't be found there third and finally notice what notice what jeremiah says here. he says the lord is my portion says my soul therefore i will hope in him hope is a person verse 25 the lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the lord that's what we struggle with right that's what i struggle with when things are not going the way I want them to, what do I want to do? I want to jump in there and fix them. But like 2020 and the things that we've had to face 2020, and we may have to face 2021, there are situations that I can't fix. Lots of them that I can't fix. So if our, if our hope is locked into a circumstance that I have no control over, then how are we ever going to live the abundant life that Jesus said we could live? This third aspect that he says is that patience and contentment flow from hope. So, so you're looking for a place of contentment. You're looking for a way to to endure under the circumstances that you have no control over. Well, that flows directly out of the hope that is a person, not a circumstance. And Jeremiah is beginning to see that here. He says to see once our hope is no longer connected to a positive outcome, we become content. How can we be content
1: in the craziness that's going on around us? Well, if the Lord is our hope and we're walking with him,
0: it's from that place we find contentment. There is no way you can find contentment in the circumstances of your life because there's no way you can find hope there. Because they're constantly changing. Just as as sure as you've got your life all put together, got a bank account full of money, all your cars are doing great, your job is doing great, your your investments are doing great, just as sure as you've got it all figured out, one doctor visit, one phone call, one email, and everything changes. So if your hope is found there, then, then hope is up today, gone tomorrow, but hope is in a person, and out of that relationship with him flows contentment, and patience. Turn over to Lamentations 5. I want to show you how he ends this book. You're not going to like it. (laughs) You're not going to like it. It's it's incredible how how Jeremiah ends this book. Look at Lamentations 5. So verse 21, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. Jeremiah says, He's looking forward to the day when the nation will be restored because God had already promised that that would occur. And he says, Lord, go ahead and do that. Restore the nation. Bring it back to its influence and its power. Restore us to yourself, O Lord. Look at verse 22. Unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. I find that astounding. As a matter of fact, I I read that... um, in the medieval time of time frame of, of the Jewish nation, when they would read the book of Lamentations on some of the important high holy days, they would read through the book of Lamentations. When they would read those last two verses, they would not end on verse 22. They would read verse 21, verse 22. Of course, there were no verses, but just hear me out. They would read what we know to be verse 21. Then they would read verse 22. And then they would read verse 21 again because they didn't want to end on a bad note. I understand that. But that text shows us that Jeremiah comes to this place of trusting the sovereignty of God, that if God is still going to enact judgment upon the people, and the circumstances of God's judgment is still going to come upon the people, that Jeremiah comes to a place through all of his lamenting, through all of his pain, through chewing on gravel, by feeling as though he is weighted down, feeling like he has chains wrapped around his body, he comes to the place in chapter 3 and even at the end of the book where he says, Lord, it's in your hands,
1: and my hope is in you, not in my
0: circumstances. Circumstances will always, always let you down. Don't go looking for hope there. Don't go looking for hope in those circumstances. Only Christ can give you the hope that
1: transcends all circumstances. Let's pray. Father,
0: thank you for the power of your word and father certainly jeremiah experienced something far 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 worse than anything we've experienced thus far but father we trust you with all that's going to take place in 2021 we don't know what's coming we don't know what's ahead of us but father our hope cannot be connected to our circumstances
1: hope is a person and it's you because of your steadfast love, your mercies that are new every morning, and your faithfulness,
0: there is nowhere else in the universe to find that kind of hope than with you. Father, I pray that every person every person that hears me today, whatever anxiety they have, whatever depression they have, I pray Father, that they would turn their hearts and their eyes towards you, that they would no longer try to control the circumstances so they can find hope. But, Father, that they would put their trust fully and completely in you. And there, in that place, only in that place, we'd be able to find that kind of hope. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for what you did in 2020. Father, I know there were some difficult things that everyone had to face, but, Father, you were faithful all through last year, over and over and over again. We experience your steadfast love, and your mercies were new every morning, and we praise you for it. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, hydepark.church, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram, at Hyde Park Baptist.